Welcome back to Hoops HD, everybody. It is Wednesday, January 17th. That means it's time for Under the Radar. Uh, I'm your host, Chad Sherwood. Got Woo-hoo. David Griggs over there, John Salika below us. Uh, and Don't like um, Greg Campy. I don't, I don't like Greg Campy. Well, I we'll used to. to. Can we but at least uh, start the show off? You know what? I don't even go to you. Salika, can you tell everyone that's not familiar with what it means to be Under the Radar? Okay, first of all, Under the Radar covers the 22 conferences outside of the major 10 conferences. That would be the uh, the Power Five, which would include the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the SEC, as well as regular multi-bid leagues like the Big East, the American, the Atlantic 10, the Mountain West, and the West Coast Conference. And the second rule is we don't cover teams that are going to be in the top 25. So as we saw earlier... A couple of weeks ago, James Madison fell out of the top 25 and will not be getting back in the top 25 anytime soon, as we'll get to later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I don't think they are. We may, there's a couple of teams here that we'll be discussing tonight that could still break the top 25 before the year's out, but yeah, uh, I don't think, yeah, I don't think JMU is going to be back in there. Uh, maybe if they completely went out by the end of the season, <laughs> yeah. but I, that'd be, I don't even know if they would, but. What we like to do is go through each of these conferences in alphabetical order. We start with the America East. We end with the WAC. Uh, we've got a few things after the WAC that we do also. But we do like to begin before that with a single feature conference uh, that I like to jump, spring on you guys at the last minute. Uh, although I'm going to go right to the conference that Griggs was already talking about. Our feature conference for tonight oh. is going to be the one with Greg Campy in it. Let's talk about a little Horizon League basketball tonight, especially after a couple big upsets on the court, beginning with Oakland just before we start tonight. One a home game over the home game over Youngstown State to uh, take by half a game uh, lead in the conference here, Griggs. Well, it, 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 it's a it's a hard, hard, disappointing day for for Penguin Fever. Um, uh, it's not the end of the world. Uh, they still have a yeah. lot of season left here, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it, it's been a great win for Oakland. They didn't really step into it, and it, at least coming when conference play started, I don't think they were the team that we all looked at and thought, "Oh man, that's the one that's really rolling." I mean, we liked Youngstown State. We really liked PFW, who hasn't really shown out like we thought they would. They they really. We'll, had to we'll, sweat we'll get. To, I'm going to get sweat tonight. They lost tonight at home. To yeah, IAPY. that's how bad they sweat. They who, lost who is, at home. Who is who going into the game had the third worst net in all of Division One IUPUI. They're three sixty out of three hundred sixty two teams. This was a horrible loss for Fort Wayne tonight. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, it was. No, but I mean, I mean that was that was that was great. That was excellent. Uh, <laughs> what you just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and now we've got though we've got interesting. Both Green Bay and Milwaukee have been down for the last few years, especially Green Bay. Both teams are are overperforming so far. Uh, but Sleek, when we look at the conference standings, there's two games in the loss column, column separating one and eight now. Well, one and eight is starting to sound like the OVC in recent memory. <laughs> But, of course, we've also had an uneven, uneven number of games played where Oakland, Green Bay, Milwaukee, they're tied in the loss column, but Milwaukee's actually played three fewer games as of this point right here, at least when we go on the air. Yeah, um, and they're not actually playing tonight either. I think they might be on for tomorrow. Uh, we might get things a little more evened up. There's only one other game that is being 
is going on as we record this, uh, and that involves Detroit Mercy and Robert Morris are currently in double overtime. So we will have a final score for that before the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, that game is at Robert Morris, which is kind of unfortunate, though, uh, <laughs> for Detroit fans because uh, this guy can't be there. He only does home games. Yeah, uh, <laughs> one of the great people. We need to figure out who this guy is. Um, he shows up at Detroit. We, we, what do we know about him? He's a professor. He's he a comes to all the games. He yeah. actually legit likes basketball, but I guess he likes to read too. And um, yeah, he goes to the games and he just reads a book during the game. This I can neither confirm nor deny now. that he's related yeah. to the Florida State fan who was reading a book in the stands and a home game against Clemson when they were getting blown out years <laughs> yeah. ago. Yeah. My question is, does he watch the game? Does he read during the timeouts? Does he read like when the, I mean, you could read an entire novel. My just understand, when the referees are at the replay monitor. My understanding is he sits there and he reads a book every game and do it for multiple, multiple years now at all the home games. Uh, it is the Detroit book guy, our new favorite fan here at Hoops yes. HD. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we really want to make contact with this person. So if you're watching, um, and another thing about this league, since it is the feature conference, we can we can expand on it a little bit. Throughout the years, have you noticed like 10, over the last 10, 15 years, how cyclical it's been? Like you, we've got Oakland at the top now. Uh, in real recent memory, it felt like Wright State and Northern Carolina, Northern Kentucky, excuse me, were uh, not just the front runners, but the permanent front runners. But that feeling was wrong because NKU hasn't even been Division One for that long. And then, like when Valpo, who's not in the league anymore, was 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 awesome. And uh, you know, but it, it just seems like that there isn't one regular fat flag bearer in this league. It's up and down. I remember when Detroit was really good. I, I know that's hard to believe, but there was a few years where they were a real live wire team. Honestly, uh, I almost forgot that Valpo was in this league because they spent their salad years in the Midcon yeah. slash Summit League. Yeah, but but if we we look we look at the standings here, also I look at some of the metrics. You say, well, you got these teams so bunched up. Uh, even the metrics are pretty bunched up. You could say, hey, under the metrics, maybe it's Youngstown State, but maybe it's Wright State who's the best team in the conference. Maybe it's under the predictive metrics, Youngstown. Um, I'm sorry, Kentucky, the Penguins, uh, Oakland is, uh, maybe it's Cleveland State even. They've got some of the better metrics in the conference too. Uh, I think the big thing in terms of the regular season play is get one of those top four spots in the conference though. The the way the conference tournament works is uh, the first round and the quarterfinals are played on campus sites. So you want to be hosting your quarterfinal round game. After that, they go to Indianapolis for the semis and the championship, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. At least get those one of those top four seeds. You don't want to have to go. You don't want to be the same as where as they fit right now. You don't want to be fifth place like NKU. You'd have to go to Youngstown State for a quarterfinal because you're probably. Well, that's dumped. okay. They're immune to penguin fever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they are. Huh? Uh, well, we'll we'll find out about that. Um, the upcoming schedule here in the conference. Uh, there we go. As we mentioned, that Detroit Robert Morris uh, coming up here Thursday night. Green Bay at Wright State, Milwaukee at Northern Kentucky. So that'll, that'll help us get things a little bit even. Yeah. Uh, Youngstown has to go to Detroit on Saturday. Uh, Purdue yeah, Fort Wayne that, at Cleveland today. Yeah. yeah, that's a real problem if they lose that one. Yeah, but the way uh, things are going right now, Cleveland State probably wins in a blowout. <laughs> uh, the Fort, <laughs> yeah. oh, Fort Wayne at Cleveland State. Yeah, Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne needs a big bounce back after the egg they laid tonight. Um, oh my God. A uh, game not worth watching will be Robert Morris at IUPUI. These are two teams that are, should not be competing for one of those four quarterfinal yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, there's stubbing your toes and then there's breaking your foot. I, I think EFW broke their foot tonight. Yeah, it's a shame because yeah. we would follow this PFW story all season. Go ahead, Sleeka. Now, if Robert Morris does lose back to back to IUPUI and Detroit Mercy, they probably should be relegated back to the <laughs> NEC. Uh, right now, they actually have a three point lead in double overtime. So, we'll, but it's still about only halfway through that period. So let's uh, let's jump over and run through the rest of the league. So, start things off in the America East, where while we have four teams that are undefeated in conference play, uh, I still think. Griggs that the story is this Vermont team and I still think at the end of the day they should be there again. Yeah, it just feels like we we have the same storyline every week and again, we're very, very early on in conference play but Are you dying? (laughs) I I am. I'm dying. (laughs) I I, I had way too much to drink earlier so don't mind me. Um, But, you know, Vermont is I think the best team, but Lowell uh, should be able to keep pace with them and this Lowell team, I mean, they've been kind of a fun story all year long. Got a nice win last week against NJIT and then UMBC, although they had to sweat out UMBC. So, uh, I, I think the other story, though, Sleeka, is kind of keep an eye on this Bryant team. Suddenly 3 0 in conference play, and Florida Atlantic loves it because it's moving, it's, it's moved their loss to Bryant up out of from quad four to quad three. Well, it's also going to be significant because whoever wins the regular season isn't going to have to face off uh what is it a tougher semi-final opponent so the way things we'd probably expect it to shape up umass Lowell and brian in a semi-final game who knows where the home game will be played at this point yeah, yeah all all games at conf- at conference sites by the way if you want to see those conference tournament brackets check out the conference tournament tab up top there on the website yep it is did a ton of updating on it this week. Uh, you know, almost every game is filled in where it's going to be, when it's going to be played and how you can watch it and everything. Uh, yeah, this, so. this conference campus sites though, uh, coming up this week, Lowell is at Albany and Binghamton. Well, Vermont is, uh, got the game at Binghamton, at least Bryant at Albany. Uh, those are the games worth circling. Um, Maine, we got to get a couple wins here in conference play for Maine. Only the top eight qualify for conference tournament. We got to make sure that they do at least make the conference tournament, right, Griggs? Yeah, I mean they got to at least do that. Uh, Salika over in the A Sun. Uh, it is kind of the same story we had last week. It's Eastern Kentucky and Kennesaw State up top. Well, clearly the non-conference portion of the schedule did not favor the Colonels right here. At least they get a couple. Wins on the road against Central Arkansas and North Alabama. Granted, they're not going to be in the top of the conference, but at least they're taking care of business, relatively speaking. Now, if you want to talk about Kennesaw State, they hit a a three at the buzzer to knock out Florida Gulf Coast on Friday. Yeah, and and this EKU team, Briggs, you called them preseason. I'm giving you credit for it, even though you don't want to take the credit. But uh, I think this team is playing as good as anybody in the conference right now. I, I kind of think they are, but I'm still disappointed in them because of how weak they were out of conference. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, they're four and oh, they're, they're playing as, you know, like you said, as kind of as well okay, as anybody. So they, lost, they, got, they lost home games to Tennessee Martin and Prairie View. Come on. Uh. Yeah. I mean, there, there were a few games there that, that caused you to, to scratch your head. Northern Kentucky, another preseason pick of mine also not doing well, mm. but um. Lipscomb was a team that I really I don't let's not forget about them because they're a full one game behind EKU in the standings. This is still a really good Lipscomb team. I, yeah. I still think they're the best team. 
I agree with you. Kennesaw is going to be having the Jacksonville trip this week, going to North Florida and Jacksonville, while EKU is going to be hosting uh, Bellarmine. And is that their only game there? I guess that's their only game on the on the schedule there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a shame that Eastern Kentucky and Moorhead couldn't find room for a home-and-home, home, but both teams found room for, uh, what is it, three to four non-D1 opponents? Yeah, uh, I believe there's something about uh, the OVC not playing the teams that left the conference, but that moratorium is ending. So hopefully we'll get to see EKU, Murray, Moorhead, some of those teams back on regular games. Um, Yeah, because, you know, shame on you for leaving the conference. We're not going to play you. We'd rather play... Alice Lloyd and Transylvania and West Virginia Tech. Yeah, it's like we want you to stay so we can play you. Oh, well, then we won't play you. Yeah, great <laughs> logic there. By, uh, you know, I better. I'm uh, get Griggs, Big Sky Conference. Uh, is it time to really take serious attention to this Eastern Washington team? Picked up the win at Idaho, now 3 0 in first place, especially with Weber State suffering uh, another loss, this time at Portland State. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I still can't, I, I, it makes no sense to me that, I mean, Weber state, shouldn't they be blowing through this league? I mean, with the talent they have and like as good as they've played and, um, all of that, but yeah, how can you not be taking Eastern Washington seriously? They were actually my preseason pick to win this league. They were super talented, but I just didn't think they showed out out of conference like they should have. I, I th- but I, I mean they're right there now. They're they're, yeah. they're playing good basketball. If you look at the metrics, the metrics say this is pro- maybe the best team in the conference right now. Uh, even if the overall record isn't there, and that overall record is going to change, and and they may have the top net by next week in this in this league as well. Yeah. Uh, this week they have a huge game coming up here tomorrow night at Weber State. Uh, sleek under the radar game of the day. Well, we'll tune in around uh, 6.30 each morning to find out. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's probably that. – I think that is the game of the week here. Although, you know, we like the Montana-Montana State game. That That's a good rivalry. And it's part of the uh, top range as well on Saturday. Yeah, like, yeah top range a, game. Top yeah, range. We like top, we like top range games here. Uh, um, where we go? Sleeka, how about the Big South Conference where it's High Point and Winthrop in the lead now, Woo-hoo! 4-0 each. Well, both of them each only had like a, a single win during the past week, although they're at least going to be at the top two at the moment. Of course, you feel like UNC Asheville, they're going to have a, a run in them. At least they get the, the more quality win with a win against a Longwood during the week. Now, Winthrop, they did have to survive three overtimes against Radford, but at least they managed to hold serve at home. Those two teams always seem to play great games against each other, and they've been doing it for a long time. They've yeah, I know. Winthrop and Radford, those are always fun games for some reason. But if you want to talk about a chippy game last Thursday, Radford and Longwood, they did have the uh, – you did have a bit of a fracas during the final minute of the game. I, I don't believe the bench is officially cleared on that one, but the officials did need a few minutes to uh, get order back on the court at the end of that one. Uh, upcoming this week, uh, Asheville's at Winthrop, and then Winth- that's actually coming up here tomorrow. That's a big and, one, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Asheville's still a really talented team, probably, you, you know, the most talented in the conference. So, I mean, if they win that one at Winthrop, suddenly we're thinking they're looking as good as anyone. Yeah, they, they have a lot of talent, but I really like this high point team. Oh, I do too. I, I yeah, think yeah. this high point team, they got Charleston Southern at home and they tri- trip to upstate, so they really should go 2-0 this week. As yeah, well. I'd be shocked if they didn't win both of those, if they didn't blow both of those out. So. Uh, Griggs, let me stick with you over in the Big West Conference. Where all right, look uh, at those eaters. <laughs> look at those UC San Diego Tritons as well. We're gonna get. We're gonna talk about them. They're gonna be playing each other coming up at it very soon here. But uh, but yeah, how about this UC Irvine team? Let me pull their profile up. Uh, how good is this team? Good. I mean, the win at USC isn't aging as well as we thought it would at the time. Uh, the win at San Diego State would have been huge. They were right in there with. Uh, you know, Utah State as well for a lot of that game. I really think, I, I don't know if they're so good that there's room in them for them inside the bubble if they win out. But this is a team that would be exceptionally dangerous in the round of 64. They do have a tough one coming up, but I think they get UCSD because they're at home. And, um, you know, and we're coming up on the black that black and blue rivalry. Not an easy game to win there. But you see San Diego just beat the beach and like beach a short time ago, like a week or so ago, maybe as soon as that was a team that we thought could make a lot of noise in this league. They've kind of gone into a tailspin themselves. They have another team we've been paying so much attention to. Uh, Sleek was this Northridge team last Thursday. They went to UC Davis and lost by 20. And that, that was a mind boggling score to me. And, uh, and maybe we should be playing, paying a little more attention to Davis than we have. They are five and one. Just slightly more challenging than their game at UCLA, as it turned out to be. But, but <laughs> yeah. getting to your point here, there is actually a clear separation between uh, Irvine, San Diego, Davis, and Northridge, as opposed to everyone else. What's really shocking is not to see uh, either Long Beach State or UC Santa Barbara in that top four. Yeah, it's been a disappointing season for Santa Barbara. They are normally one of the top teams in this league, but uh, if – Another possible choice for the under the radar game of the day tomorrow. Here it is: UC San Diego at UC Irvine. Uh, circle this one tomorrow. It's probably going to be oh, one of those yeah. late night games. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to actually be watching it or not. But uh, Irvine then after that has to go to UC Davis. So this is a huge week for UC Irvine, actually. Yeah, huge. Um, let's uh, let's keep things rolling right along here. Salika over in the Coastal Athletic Association. Um, well, we have two undefeated teams. I think it's the second one on that list there. This one I'm really paying attention to, the College of Charleston. Yeah, it's the Fighting Kelseys right here. They've gotten back to their uh, perch here in the uh, Coastal right here. And then Drexel, they've managed to get a couple road wins against the NCA&T in Elan. But that was going to be rather expected right there. Charleston, okay, we'll give you a little credit for beating Monmouth. <laughs> Yeah, and the standings here are, are crazy beyond the top two teams, although it's still so early. But, uh, but, but Griggs, you know, I think, you know, really if we look ahead at this Charleston team here, this week they are going to be hosting Towson and going to UNC Wilmington. And that's a fascinating game on Saturday, I think, this Charleston That, that really is. Game. Wilmington, they're, they're sort of slipping from memory. They did win at Kentucky, so they're, cur- they're capable of playing at a really high level. It's just a, a case of a team that doesn't always do it. But that, that is, if Charleston goes there and wins, they deserve a lot of credit for that. Absolutely. So that's the game I'm definitely going to be highlighting. Uh, Delaware Drexel also on Saturday. That's always a fun rivalry in this conference. So, yeah. Um, 
I guess you can also look at Hofstra Stony Brook on Monday. That that that's a little uh, Battle of Long Island there. So, yeah, I, I you know Hofstra Hofstra has been a little disappointing this year, but uh, yeah, still still uh, they have they're down there at one and three in the early conference play too. So they've really underperformed since we yeah, started. Being tied with the line is a little more than just disappointing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's still early. It's still early. Uh, Sleeka, let me go back to you again here. Conference USA. Uh, where there was a point when we when we were looking at potential at large bids out of this league, that is done and over with at this <laughs> yeah. point, is it not? Yeah, of course we never expected to see Liberty right in the basement right here. It's not been a good 2024 for the Flames. If you also go back to the uh, Fiesta Bowl that their football team had enjoyed, <laughs> but Western Kentucky they also needed a a big comeback in the second half just to uh, hold off Jacksonville State at home because I think they were down seven or eight at the half for that one so at least they managed to stay a game behind the surprising Bearcats of Sam Houston and we yeah. got to give a shout out here to Sam Houston off to the 3-0 conference start uh, including didn't they beat La Tech already let me pull that up real quickly yes they did they yeah, beat yeah, La Tech they and Western Kentucky both already Right. And, you know, I wasn't really big on Sam Houston at all. I think we had said Western Kentucky was a team that had impressed us and we thought that had a lot of potential. Uh, Sam Houston, hit, hit, you know, three and oh, and two of their wins against those two teams. So, wow. <laughs> uh, upcoming schedule real quick here in the in CUSA. Uh, we've got as far as the Sam Houston team, they will be at Liberty on Saturday. So, hey, it's a good chance to take a look at them. You know, if they win this game. Yeah. Uh, even though Liberty's 0-3, it would make it Liberty 0-4 in conference. It's a it's a game that I'm definitely going to – it's the team I'm going to start paying attention yeah. to. Uh, yeah. Louisiana Tech at Jacksonville State as well. Yeah, the nosedive by Liberty is is as surprising as anything. Like that, that 0-3 start, anything we say tonight, that is probably the biggest head-scratcher. Uh, before we go any further, quick score update here. Uh, Detroit Mercy did lose in double overtime at Robert Morris, so they remain winless uh, and much to the disappointment of the book guy. Yeah. Um, God, we got to find the book guy. <laughs> we we got to have him on, and if all he wants to do is read a book while we're doing the show, that's fine with us. He'll probably be uh, reading a book during the AC8 in March. Yeah. And, and the best yeah. part is if he sat there and didn't say where to read a book, he'd contribute as much as you do, Griggs. <laughs> probably more. <laughs> Craig's <laughs> over the Ivy League. Uh, we got three teams out to two to start, including our top two teams here. Uh, maybe our top three teams: Princeton, Cornell, and Yale. Um, I think so. Your, I, your I think, thoughts on anything, what we've seen so far, though? Well, yeah, I think it's Princeton, Cornell, and Yale, and then about five hundred feet, and then you you get to Penn. But I mean, let's start with Princeton. There was some chatter offline in our like Hoops HD email thread chat group, whatever we call it, about what Princeton's at large chances would look like if they were to win out, but not win the conference tournament. And, and I think it's an absolute no-brainer when you pull up this profile that they would have a top, I would assume by that point, 30 net. They'd be an outright first-place team. Uh, going back to somebody that's across the board top 30 in the metrics and outright first place, those teams are not left out. I, 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 there's just not very many examples of that. Look at those wins away from home. Um that I, I I don't even think it's a question that that they'd be inside the bubble if that were to happen. Now, I'm I'm with you. 
I'm with you 100% yeah. that, that that now I don't know. I mean, look at the next four games. They got four straight road games, four, including yeah. a, including a trips to Cornell and to Brown coming up here. And Yale, I'm sorry, Yale, I, 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 was at Cor- yeah. I meant Cornell and Yale, not Cornell and Brown. Yeah, uh, but and Yale yeah. still. Let's not. This is a super talented Yale team. Very good Yale team. They've got to play them twice still. They've got to play their big rivals in Penn twice still. I I don't think they go undefeated, but if they do, yeah. I think they're in. I think they are absolutely in this tournament in the NCAA yeah. tournament. I mean, they're, they're, they're probably in the Vandals. rankings and, and probably in on the first ballot if they do all that. And we've seen teams do it before. <laughs> yeah. uh, Penn, unfortunately, lost their top scorer uh, this about a week or so ago, and, and he's out indefinitely. So they, you know, not, not very good news for this Penn team at the moment. Uh, Let's not pile on too much. I would like Titel to keep appearing on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Prince is at Columbia. Yale's at Dartmouth. Cornell's at Brown this week. Harvard at Penn. And Wells is at Cornell. Is that the local branch of the Wells Fargo Bank? Uh, yeah, Sergeant? I don't know who that is. Do they have Wells Fargo in upstate New York? I uh, don't know. We'll find, we'll find out on Tuesday, right? Um. Metro Atlantic, Salika, uh, are you paying attention to St. Peter's yet? I'm a paying attention to St. Peter's. I'm paying attention to Marist. I'm paying attention to uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. When you look at the nets here, everybody seems to be in this little group. <laughs> between about, I mean, yeah. they're, they're within about 10 of each other here, just in overall net rankings, which is very strange in the same conference. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, not also stranger to see Sienna at the very bottom as far as Nets. Yeah, yeah, Sienna's not off to a very good start so far. But uh, Griggs, I, I, I think Quinnipiac may end up being the best team, even though St. Peter's is in the lead right now. I, I think they may be. It, it just seems like, have we seen this movie before? Is this deja vu where, oh, man, that Quinnipiac team looks good, and then they get to somewhere around mid-February and just crash into a mountain? Uh, but yeah, right now, again, Quinnipiac looks really good. Will they finally get, be a team that gets to the NCAA tournament? Uh, they go to Siena, they host Iona this week, so they really need to win both these games, and they should yeah, win both so. these games. Uh, yeah. St. Peter's, in the meantime, is at Fairfield, and a pretty interesting game Friday night in terms of this conference, and then hosting Canisius. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're going to circle some of this game, circle that St. Peter's Fairfield here on Friday night, I guess. Uh, Griggs, let me stick with you in the Mid-American Conference. Yes. Uh, and although there's two teams that are undefeated, it's all about the Zips at the moment. I, I, I think it is, too. And let's pull Akron up for a second to look at them because I, it, this was a team that we were really big on. I mean, I know that they, they were one of the teams that we thought could make a run at the bubble. And when you look at this profile, they, they did have some early losses, uh, you, you know, in that exempt event, losing both Drake and uh Utah State on back-to-back days, but when you look, they were competitive, at least against Utah State. Uh, they went to UNLV. I remember being really disappointed when they lost that one. Well, UNLV's turned out to be a little better than we thought, so maybe this Akron team was as good as we thought all along. It's just that the opponents that they were playing were also better, and you know, when you look at this, this is really good. How do you look at this and say that this is underwhelming? When you look at that all across the world, four and one on the road, thirteen and four overall. Uh, this is a good team, and would you want to play them in the round? Well, yeah, of course I would, because it would mean I was in the round of sixty-four. But this is a dangerous team. And Stalika, they have a 
great game coming up here Friday night. They're at Kent State. It's the Wagon Wheel. The Wagon Wheel. That one is a no-brainer for uh, under the radar game of the day. I don't know no, what it, the hell it conference has blown up that the is. <laughs> That's our newest mythical conference, the NA Conference. (laughs) The wagon wheel has gone off the rails. But if we're talking about teams that are actually going to be trailing Akron, it's going to be both of the teams from uh, Northwest Ohio. And the real surprise is seeing Western Michigan also a game behind the zips at this point. But if we're talking about upcoming games that should clear up that log jam, Western Michigan going to a Bowling Green is going to be one such game. Yeah, those are the third and fourth place teams right now. I I don't have faith that these that I have no faith stay up there at all that Western Michigan will stay up there. None. (laughs) If they do, though, uh, that'll be a heck of a story because this is a team that has not been anywhere. This is a team that we we didn't even think would make the the top eight and qualify for the back tournament in Cleveland this year. Yeah, Uh, we didn't think anybody from Michigan would. Yep, and there's three of them in this conference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Salika, over the MIAC, uh, there really wasn't any action this week other than one game, Howard knocking off Eastern Shore, but uh, you weren't with us last week, so your thoughts on NC Central uh, and the way they've been playing so far? I couldn't tell you about uh, NC Central at this point, not having played during the past week, but I think Howard, obviously they're still going to be the class of the league even though they're actually going to be half a game behind i feel like everyone's going to be chasing the bison ultimately uh, I, I don't know um I, i'm kind of on this nc central bandwagon they've got a game at south carolina state while howard has a game against a norfolk state team that was our, that we also liked heading into the conference play here griggs and that that's probably the game that that is the game of the week at the conference the saturday norfolk and howard yeah, I think it is for sure. I still like this Howard team, um, and if they win that one, you, you're starting to feel pretty good about them. Yeah, yeah, you if are. You don't feel good about them already. Yeah, yeah. But the, they let, let's see when they play NC Central. They uh, actually uh, they, they already, already lost the game. Yeah, at yeah NC they already Central. lost to them. Yeah, their and home that game was against what was February seventeenth yeah. of their home game against. Them. Yeah, and we discussed that last week. It's like you asked what I thought of NC Central, and I was like, well, not much before conference play started, but they beat the two teams that I thought were the best ones. So, and those are their two wins so far. Greg, <laughs> uh, let me stick with you. Jump over to the Missouri Valley Conference where Drake just picked up a win at Illinois State uh, as we've been recording this. Uh, there yeah. they are. They're now tied with Indiana State at the top of the league. Um, Indiana State does have the current tiebreaker, but the teams are going to have to play again. Yeah, and if we pull both of them up, Indiana State is a current I thought oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Drake has the card to Drake beat Indiana yeah. State. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got that um, backwards. Up until about a week ago, I was a lot more impressed with the trees. I still really like both of them. I even made the comment that I, I thought that they had missed a big opportunity by not getting the win at Drake. But Drake recently hasn't just been winning games, but they've been winning decisively and winning at the caliber of team that I think that we thought they were going to be coming into the year. It took them a little while to get there, which is odd to say about a team that's 16 and three, but, but I think they're better now than they were at the start of the year. And and I don't want to say they're going to run through this league. I just think it's too strong of a league for them to do that, but this might be the best team in the league. It was only four games ago that they got blown out at Belmont. So I don't, I wouldn't say that they're playing great right now. Well, in the last four games. Well, I would say taking out their, 
taking out their anger on SIU and Illinois State is definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, it was a 77-56 win tonight over Illinois State. Um, but there is a large group behind them, and they're right behind them here, including Belmont, Bradley, Southern Illinois, Murray State. Uh, uh, Sleeka, you you kind of like Bradley, don't you? Well, this is going to be one of the teams I think we had some uh, high hopes for as far as the Braves. I mean, sure, they're coming off a win against uh, Illinois-Chicago on the road. Of course, that's not going to be too tough compared to where they are in the standings at the moment. Here's the upcoming games and notes involving those top two teams. Evansville's at Drake, Evansville at Drake, Drake at Missouri State, Indiana State at Murray State, and at UIC. So uh, these teams should go undefeated this week uh, if things fall the right way. Right, yeah, it would be amazing if they didn't. <laughs> and maybe the games are really circling the conference. Actually, Saturday's Belmont at Bradley game. That Those are two, two teams that should be in the fight for third, maybe even for second place in this league at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Probably I still like the trees better, but yeah. I said for th- second or third. I didn't say for yeah. first. Uh, uh, Northeast Conference, and I was, I was thinking about just skipping this conference this week because we got to give <laughs> our good friend Zach a shout out here. He is Mr. Central Connecticut, and there they are, not only in first place, but coming off of a win the other night over Mary Mac, who was our choice to, to win this conference uh, to, as of a week ago here. So, yeah. Salika. How about those Blue Devils that are not from Duke? (laughs) I find it hard to believe it's been almost 20 years since I've actually seen the Blue Devils in person. Now, that was purely by accident. That was in the NCAA tournament when they were playing Ohio State, the game before Xavier was playing BYU in uh, Lexington that year. But I would say quality-wise, probably not much different. I would like to see if we can get a waiver to get Chicago State to play in the NEC tournament this year and make it an even eight teams. Uh, no, uh, both Lemoyne and Stonehill are good, are eligible for the NEC tournament this year. Oh, they are uh, eligible. First of all, yes. Uh, they're not eligible to win it. But this is one of the great things. Uh, let's take a moment off here and discuss the Northeast Conference tournament. Uh, <laughs> if if Lemoyne and Stonehill, Stonehill are eligible and both going to be allowed to play in the Northeast Conference tournament, should either one of them win it, then the team they defeat in the finals will get the automatic bid. As opposed yeah. to a lot of other conferences will give it to the regular season champion. In fact, every other conference that allows ineligible teams to play gives it to the regular season champion. Not the Northeast. It's the, it is the it is the runner-up. Now, what happens if LeMoyne and Stonehill both make the top eight, qualify the Northeast Conference Tournament, and somehow play each other in the championship game? Well, well Chet, I just want to say that it's obvious you've been working on the conference tournament <laughs> brackets. Because here come all, all of the tiebreakers for all of the leagues are on all of the brackets right up there. Uh, <laughs> all, all, all the what happens in ter- terms of ineligible teams, at least, I saw yeah. the notes. But if LeMoyne and Stonehill somehow meet in the NEC championship game, the two teams they beat in the semifinals, the two semifinal looters, will play each other on the same night in a separate game to determine the automatic qualifier. It is oh, the that's incredible! <laughs> it's an extra, it's a Northeast Conference bonus, bonus game, game, and it could happen. So the championship game is not for the auto bid. It's the it's the bonus game. Yeah, we gotta give. We gotta get Stonehill into the top eight, even here. That's, that's we got. Yeah. We got work to do to get there. Then we gotta well, get. Well, they're them. tied for eighth right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> it's it's. Uh, let's take a look at the upcoming schedule here. Uh, Central Connecticut is hosting Lemoyne and then at Long Island. So hey, they could be five and zero come next week. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, Merrimack's got a pair of home games at the same time. Yeah. So Merrimack should keep pace. I still think they're the best team, but a big shout out to the Blue Devils. Uh, you know, some really nice wins there and getting, you know, pulling even against D1 opponents. I also got to give a shout here to Sacred Heart. They were a lot of people's, I think, including my preseason pick yeah, they were conference. Mine. Yeah. They're, they're now after a three and one league start, so they're kind of rebounding from a disappointing non conference play. So mm-hmm. maybe they can get into this thing as well. Uh, Salika, over in the Ohio Valley Conference, uh, we know, well, it had been all, we were talking all about Moorhead last week, and they go and they let it lead an egg by a 61-48 score at Edwardsville over the weekend. Yeah, so they lay an egg, and the Eagles' loss turns out to be a Western Illinois gain, and you look at what the Leathernecks did. They had to go win two games on the road against UT Martin in Eastern Illinois to take the top spot for now. But I still think at the end of the day, as long as Moorhead's like in the top two, they still get the buy all the way into the semifinals. Now, granted, that didn't do them any favors last year because they had the number one seed and lost in the semifinals. Yeah. Um, SIUE, you know, that was, I think, a team that a lot of us like coming into the year. I think that was my preseason pick. Getting the win over Moorhead State. The one thing about them is that they're a little schizophrenic, but when they are playing well, they, they really are a good team. And I'm, sorry, good... I'm sorry, a little schizophrenic. They beat Moorhead State at home by double digits after yeah. just nights before needing, could only get by Southern Indiana at home by only three points. And Southern yeah. Indiana is one of the worst teams in D1. Yeah, they're so. certifiably schizophrenic. <laughs> they're they, schizophrenic. They, they need to be institutionalized. <laughs> uh, but when they're good, they're good. And the Leathernecks were a team that were not, they were not treated well in the preseason polls. And I get it out of conference. They didn't really show out either, but I, we all kind of said this Western Illinois team, it, when they're not playing in the summit league and they're not playing against Oral Roberts, North Dakota state and South Dakota state, which is an automatic six losses for pretty much everybody else in the OVC as well. They're going to do better than people expect. And here they are doing better than what people expect. So, while we're not surprised, while a lot of people are surprised by that, should they be? No, I, I'm not. I, I thought this team would be a little more competitive than they than, than they were predicted to be, and here they are. They only got one game this week. It's a home game against Tennessee yeah. State. I expect them to be six and zero next week. Moorhead has two teams that they should beat, but one of them is on the road at Southern Indiana. So, yeah. so you can never guarantee that. But we should see these two teams still within a game of each other uh, next week. I I would think. Um, Griggs, Patriot League, and I told you last week, I said, if Lafayette goes 2-0 this week, will you join me on the Leopards bandwagon? I said it was time to do it. Here they go. They beat Navy tonight. They got the tough road win at Holy Cross, 5-0, while Colgate barely got by Army tonight. Uh, Um, Lafayette, from from zero D1 wins to Patriot League champ. Champions, are you with me? How can I not? Like at first, it was an anomaly, and it was just, oh, well, that's kind of interesting that you could lose all those games and then jump out to an early lead. But they're they're maintaining that lead, and they're we're five games in now, and they've played some of the best teams in the conference. They they won at Colgate already. Yeah, they won won their toughest game. Yeah, Yeah, that that is by far the toughest game to win, and they've already won it. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, and I think that even if they run the table, they're probably still going to Dayton, but how can you not, 
they're, they're actually really fun to watch. <laughs> Stalika, they were 0 and 12 against D1 heading into conference play. They're Pull now... up their profile. Like, are, are you joining us on the Lafayette Leopard bandwagon? They weren't just 0 and 12. Are we sure? Were, are look we... at the crap. They lost to Navy. They lost to, you, you know, or I'm sorry, they lost to Quinnipiac, LaSalle. They did play a lot of tough games, I guess. Are we sure that Fran O'Hanlon hasn't retired from Lafayette yet? He's the one that usually would be winning all the games of note for the Leopards in the past. Yeah, it's Mike McGarvey there at, at Lafayette uh, doing a, you know, they he he just you know he he was hiding in the weeds there during the non-conference play, and here here come the Leopards. I, I think it's just great to go to go winless in, in non-conference play and 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 be undefeated in conference play here. Um, uh, let's see what are they doing? They are going to be hosting Bucknell, and they're going to Loyola this week. So let's see if they can keep that that rolling here. Uh, why not though? I am completely on this Lafayette bandwagon. I'm going, in fact, uh, tomorrow night we'll be recording our bracket rundown show. I'll give you a quick preview because I fill in my own choices for the bottom four seed lines. I'm putting Lafayette in that field as my Patriot oh. league champion. Well, yeah, they're, they're the first place team and they've beaten Colgate on the road. Yeah. Now they're going to be in spot number 68 on that bracket yeah. as well, but yeah. they will be out there. Yeah. Uh, how about the Southern Conference? Uh, where, how about oh, the, yes. and and the team oh, with the longest oh, winning streak oh, 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 in Division One right now at 16 games after losing their first two games of the season? They have not lost since Buckyball. Well, I feel like I should be passing this on to the pup because he's the one that's really been riding the Samford train right here, Western Carolina. I mean, obviously that was going to be a tough loss for the Catamounts on their home floor against the Bulldogs. Yeah, pull up the Sanford profile because it's it's kind of fascinating. And, you know, Bucky McMillan, the coach, uh, when they hired him, I believe he was a high school coach. He'd never coached in college, I don't think, at any level. And I was just like, what in the hell are they thinking? Well, sometimes you're just flat out wrong about something. And he, he, is, he has Sanford winning on a level that we have not seen in the Hoops HD era a while ago, and it was a lo- it was long before joining the SoCon. Sanford had some teams that made the NCAA tournament as members of the Ohio Valley Conference, but but this is like this is incredible what what, what they've been able to do. I don't think there's enough there. I, I don't know how much more they got in them. Can they can they continue to win? But I would have thought that one of their hardest remaining games was yesterday, and they went there and won, and they led pretty much tip to buzzer. Now I I do remember – Very impressive. I do remember a game in his first year when they had a double-digit win at Belmont back when Belmont was a UTR darling, and we were like, what the hell happened to the Bruins (laughs) on that night? Yeah, yeah. I remember that too, yeah. uh, You you have Western Carolina, UNC Greensboro, Wofford all off to four and one starts the link play as well. Wofford, every single conference game has been within four points of the first five games so far this year. They they are playing close games, but they've won four out of five, including a two-point win tonight uh, over East East Tennessee. So, uh, you know, I I don't know that Wofford's going to stay there because they play with too much fire, but uh, Greensboro and Western Carolina should be here all season, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Greensboro, don't forget about them. They had the nice win in Arkansas, although how nice was it? Sanford's going to be hosting Mercer. That is a tough road trip coming up next Wednesday at Furman. So that's yeah. uh, and worth paying attention to. Chad, we got another one to highlight. We have to, and it should jump out at you because it is the greatest rivalry 
one of our favorite rivalries. I, I'm not saying this to be comical. I know neither team is very good at all. But if you want to be entertained by college kids really, really busting it, tune into this game. Just do it. The, the cadets get into it or whatever they're called, the, the student bodies. This one is fun. I, I watch it every year. <laughs> Citadel at VMI. VMI looking for their first D1 win. Only if one of a very small handful of teams without a D1 win yet. I think there's only three of them. Yeah. Uh, Detroit Mercy and Mississippi Valley are the other two. So uh, yeah. uh, this is their biggest chance here with the home game against Citadel. Uh, yeah. Also, Wednesday, next Wednesday, Circle the Greensboro at Western Carolina game at the top of the conference standings as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be it, Citadel VMI it, it, every year. It's included in the highlighted games. So it'll be up there. <laughs> Salika, <laughs> over in the Southland Conference, McNeese went perfect this season, this week. And uh, is there anything else to discuss? Oh, that's all you need to know right there. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, like I said, the only thing I think that this conference is playing for, in my opinion, at this point, is to see who gets that double buy as the two seed and, a, and the chance to at least yeah. wait until the conference finals to, to play McNeese. Uh, but, they will lose to McNeese in the conference final. This McNeese yeah. team, I don't, I do not see them losing another game until maybe the second round of the NCAA tournament, not the first. Right, and it's kind of unfortunate that that McNeese did not get the chances to to build their profile to match how good their team actually is. Because every, I, I know the saying, a team is their profile. Not always. They're better than that. Had they had they gotten to play better teams, they would have a better profile. <laughs> uh, upcoming games. Uh, let's see what McNeese is doing this week. McNeese this week, Saturday, they're going to be at Incarnate Word. Monday, they're going to be at Corpus Christi. It's actually, that's a nice road trip. You know, you get to go to San Antonio and Corpus Christi. You know, that's a, yeah. you know, in terms of where and, you get to go and, you know. It, it, their most losable game, if it's even losable, is that road game at Corpus Christi, I think. That might be the most yeah, most losable game all season. If you look at the metrics, yeah. that's probably the second best team metric wise yeah. in the conference, and they're only six and seven versus D one. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Uh, Greg, Southwestern Athletic Conference. Um, I I think we saw a, a bit of a major upset here Monday night after we f- finished the Hoops HD report. It went overtime, but Beth- yeah. Southern went to Cookman, Cookman and. That campus was rocking at Cookman on Monday night, too. That place was – the fans were going wild for that game. Uh, and if they keep getting that type of fan support all season, uh, this this Cookman team could be dangerous. Yeah, it, that was a really good showcase for the league. Uh, again, it was it was a chance to play on, on television. And, no, it wasn't. Uh, it, was, it was on a YouTube stream, but – or whatever it was, but, yeah. <laughs> but 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 it was a real good showcase for YouTube. Yes, yes, it was a YouTube showcase. Uh, we can go back and edit that out. Can't we, can't? Sure, Griggs, whatever you yeah, say. Okay, sure. All right, good. But no, I mean, a real nice win for Cookman, um, and it was an upset, and it pulled them even at least in the loss column in the conference standings. I still like Southern overall, though. Uh, Sleek, any thoughts at all on the swack here? I thought the game of the week probably could have been Alabama State and Alabama A&M, but that would have been an even harder game to find on TV because that was actually played as part of a quadruple header on uh, South Alabama's campus, and that game ended up not really being competitive. They, they do that every year. One of their two games they play in Mobile is what they call the Bridge Builder Classic there, the, those two teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 
But uh, Bethune this week is at Mississippi Valley, the winless against D1 Mississippi Valley team, and then at Pine Bluff. Uh, get a 2-0 week, and maybe I can convince Greeks to join me on the Bethune-Cookman bandwagon next week. Uh, if they win at Mississippi Valley, I'll I'll feel the same way about them <laughs> as I do now. Uh, how about the Bayou Classic on, on the hardwood here? Oh, yeah, though? the hardwood version of the Bayou Classic. That one should be fun. Grambling coming to life a little bit. We were expecting them to do a little better than what they did coming in the conference play, but 3-1, and one, and if they win that one, yeah, you, you know, could they get themselves in the mix? Uh, if they win that one, of course, you have Jackson State undefeated as well. They're hosting Prairie View and Texas Southern this week. Um, yeah, and everybody's well, Texas goal here... Southern's gunning for eighth place, and then they're going to win the SWAC <laughs> tournament. I say everyone's goal in this conference should be get to Texas Southern to finish in ninth place, so that, so that yeah. they, don't get, they don't get to go to Birmingham to play the SWAC right. tournament. Salika, uh, how about the Summit League, uh, where we now have uh, just everybody tied for first place? In this <laughs> yeah, it's a nine-way tie, <laughs> or at least a four-way tie if you just go by the loss column right here. I know Denver had become kind of a metrics darling right there, and they're only up by, what, nine points against perennial favorite South Dakota State. But lo and behold, Denver gets a, a big win at home against the Jackrabbits. They, they did, and that was after South Dakota State had won at St. Thomas. We were just Last week we were praising how well the St. Thomas team has been playing. So uh, I, I still think Denver may be the team, Griggs. Yeah, I think they might be, which is hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week, uh, Denver is at North Dakota State and at North Dakota, so they've got the North Dakota road trip. See, see how they make out for that one. If they can go 2-0 yeah, there, we become more of a believer in them. Yeah, and that's that's not an easy road trip. If they win both of those, I, I am all in on Denver. Uh, not that either team is their best version of themselves this year, but it's still hard to go there and win. It's still not easy for the front range to go to the top range. Yeah. <laughs> Sunbelt Conference. <laughs> uh, James Madison is in this conference. There they are. They are still getting some votes in the polls. They're 61 in the net, 15-2 and two overall. Uh, Stalika, are you... Are you on James Madison? You know, they did bounce back this week. They they crushed South Alabama. Um, and I think that was their only game this week. Oh, no, oh, no. and then they lost the game to App State. I'm sorry. Well, losing to App State would have been one thing, but I think it's the Southern Miss loss that's really going to hurt the Dukes right here. And then you also have to contend with Troy, who's actually won their first five games out of the gate, including a win against uh, the aforementioned Southern Miss Golden Eagles. And maybe yeah. we should pull up both these profiles of James Madison yeah. and Appalachian State. I mean, I, I get the Southern, the Troy thing, but I, I don't know that Troy's going to really last up there. But, Griggs, your thoughts on these two teams? Well, I, I think that a lot of people were that were too quick to praise James Madison. And, and to be honest, there was reason to do it. Michigan State was, I think, ranked fourth when they went there and won. And then they had some other at least exciting wins. But still, it, it, I think people forgot that, like, while Michigan State was ranked fourth, it was a false number four, and too much praise was being thrown their way. Having said that, I think those same people that were too quick to praise them have also written them off too quickly. We knew that this was going to be a tough start to the conference because Southern Miss, while they've underperformed, they're still really talented. It was a showcase game for them. And we all knew App State was good. And, you know, they also have that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> what were we talking about? I, don't know. I, think we, I think I just went to the top ten list. I got derailed yeah. here. Uh, Appalachian State. I like App State more than I like App State more than JMU, but I still think JMU is really good, and they. I think they'll blow through most of the rest of the schedule. Game uh, that just went final. I just populated the score there with it. Uh, Southern Miss just just got by Arkansas State by three. So the Southern Miss team coming on strong now, actually, since they got the conference play and picked up that JMU win. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's keep an eye on them during conference play as well. Uh, upcoming games, let's see here. App State is going to be hosting Coastal Carolina. Should win that one. JMU is going to be hosting Louisiana Monroe, Marshall, and then at Old Dominion next week. Um, and I guess all three, yeah. I guess we'll take a quick look at Troy also. They've got... Tomorrow night at South Alabama, that's a big Southern Alabama rivalry there, right? Uh, yeah. Well, it, it, I, I don't uh, think it's that. Not, not, not a big hint. Uh, Troy's at Southern Miss and hosting Texas State next that week. That Marshall game screams trap for James Madison. Yeah. You think that so? Marshall game, I look at this Troy Southern Miss I think, I think game that Southern scary. Miss game screams trap for Troy. Yeah, I think that's a real. I think you got to circle that game. I think that's where Troy does lose. I think they should win at South Alabama tomorrow, but Saturday I think they lose at Southern Miss. Yeah. Uh, Stalika, last of our regular conferences here, at least the Western Athletic Conference, and it's all about the Lopes, who had another two and zero week, including absolutely crushing Tarleton. Well, good to see them filling the role that New Mexico State used to fill in the conference right here. So. If you're looking for a team to possibly challenge them, look at our good friends from Stephen freaking Austin, who used to rule the Southland with an iron fist. Yeah. Uh, they SFA had some great teams. Uh, not quite as good this year as, as they had been in years past, but, uh, but it's still, that's, you, you know, they're still in second place and that's still going to be probably the toughest road trip for the Lopes. But but that's a good comparison. I I mean it is a one horse race. They're running away from the league. Uh, they did they had some nice wins out of conference as well. They're inching their way toward the top twenty five. I think they're inside the bubble. I I think they're really really good. Uh, if they want to make the top twenty five, they better go two and zero this week. They're hosting Utah Valley, and a real tough because it's a long trip. They got to go all the way up to Seattle on Saturday. Yeah, uh, and, and contend and with Seattle that thing be, in the building. Yeah, that, yeah, that thing in that Seattle's building. Uh, it's hard to win there because of that thing. But we can confirm it's with that thing and not at the Climate Pledge Arena. I'm pretty uh, certain it is. We, I, I will get that. I will see about getting that confirmed for us here as we as we. Um, and that thing was there long before the arena was, long before the campus was. It's just as crazy structure sorry about that i'm gonna try to get Seattle that loves right. preserving their things we'll yeah. just leave it at that okay. uh they are playing them at the red hawk center yes okay that is confirmed now uh one more team to go we got a little bit of sand news here uh it's it was made official just the other night as we keep getting error messages uh <laughs> made official just the other night the screen doesn't want to show it here uh, we have officially eliminated Chicago State oh. from, from national championship contention. Uh, obviously, no auto bid in play, and we just do not feel at this point there's any shot at an at-large bid. Yes, so it, despite, it a, a, despite the win at Stetson, no, I'm sorry, yeah, it's over. It, it was a lengthy discussion. Uh, I, I I was screaming very loudly because I didn't want to do it, but the committee removed Chicago State. Their season is not over yet. They've got a yeah. pair of games this week. East West U and St. Xavier. How about that sleek of your Xavier Musketeers go to Chicago State? 
Well, I think East West is basically a day we <laughs> like to highlight on the circle circle that day whenever Chicago State is yeah. involved now. Massive, massive day that day. Oh uh, um, yeah, yeah. Here you go. They do have three three D one games left coming up in January, mid February. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, they do. Okay. I was going to say, uh, I was, you know, there's, there's room for their, on their schedule for more games. If, if the opportunities present itself, but perhaps not. <laughs> nah. Um, how about some mythical conferences? Yeah. Uh, uh, start the beehive conference where they are playing for one of them. Yeah. The, the old Oker bucket. Uh, where, uh where... Utah still at the three and zero lead here. We did not have any beehive games this past week. Uh, but we've got two oh, coming up this week. This is a yeah. huge week for Utah Tech. Uh, yeah. They are still ooh, transitioning, ooh. but should they sweep this road trip at Southern Utah, at Utah Valley, they will move into a first-place tie with the Utes. Yeah, and, and that's – wow, that is huge. This is a huge, huge week. It's not easy, but they're going to have their shot here. Yeah. Uh, let's jump over to the Front Range Conference. The front Range. Yes, we had we some Front Range front action. Range. We did. How and... about Colorado State last night at home, despite oh, being let's... just outside the top 25, almost lost, should have lost to Air Force. It was a horrible turnover in the last seconds for Air Force that let Colorado State tie the game in force overtime, actually. Yeah, um, and you had what I thought was the was the tweet or whatever, the ex-post, <laughs> whatever they're calling it, of the day when you said, um... <laughs> Colorado State is trying to go from a protected seed to the bubble faster than any team in history. Uh, <laughs> they, they did. They did find a way to get the OT win. So win. yeah, uh, yeah. And now four zero in the front range play, but they are not done. So it's not over yet. Um, and in fact, we've got oh, no front range action this yeah, week. Yeah, no, none this week. Yeah. Uh, how about the back range? This is Arizona, New Mexico, and UTEP schools. Uh, Arizona, New Mexico, and one school extra, UTEP. We did not yeah. uh, have any action here. New Mexico sitting at 2-0. Uh, and no action coming up this week. It's been a little quiet in the back range so far yeah. this how, year. How much fun would it be to see New Mexico and Grand Canyon go at it? Oh, my God. That'd be fun. we, we got to work and get that game together here. Yeah. Where's uh, Rocco? Where, where's Rocco? Oh, well, I know where Rocco is. He's at Virginia. Uh, top range, our newest conference. This is Montana, Idaho, and Eastern Washington schools. And we had Eastern Washington with a big win at Idaho, uh, knocking Idaho to 0-2 in the conference. And uh, we've got still three undefeated teams so at the top there. Yeah, Wazoo, a big week, a win over Arizona, but again, not that important of a game because it didn't count in the top range standings. And we do have a big week coming up this week in the top range. We've got four oh, games on tap. Yeah. Idaho, Idaho State, Montana, Montana State, Eastern Washington, Idaho State, and Idaho State, Montana State. This yeah. is... We're going to see have, a lot of movement. Conference is going to be completely upside down by next week. Uh, yeah, and Montana think, and Montana yeah. State is the big one because whoever can... If someone can sweep that series, they tie the Cougars. <laughs> yep, they can. Um, on that note, uh, what are we going to do? Time a top 10 list. Yeah. Okay, three of us submitted our top 10 ballots. We had a couple ties, including a tie 10th place there. But a whole bunch of honorable mentions thanks to Mr. Sleeka, who voted for about 30 teams this week. <laughs> <laughs> but honorable mentions not making the top 10. Bradley, College of Charleston, Cornell, Weber State, UNC Wellington, Louisiana Tech, and High Point. Uh, none of those teams made our top 10, but came close at least. Yeah. Uh, at number 10, it's a two-way tie between Western, Western Carolina, Carolina and Akron. Oh, right. okay. In, Akron might be moving up this poll 
you know, in the coming weeks. Western Carolina has actually slipped a little bit in the polls, I think. Yeah. Uh, especially with that loss to Samford. Uh, tie for eighth place between... Yep. <laughs> and the dread Drake there in eighth place. <laughs> we, we had some... We, Staliga, where do you find these videos? <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you found a gem from Dayton from the 1980s, I think, uh, that was that was posted online. I think I this think... will threaten to sue us if we didn't take it down. <laughs> no, I think they would have sued us if we tried to put an Arch Baron Cup history on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, number seven, we have James Madison. Ooh, keep falling here for, for the Dukes. Uh, yeah. Went from oh. the top 25 to barely in the top 10. <laughs> 10, yeah. That's <laughs> low, but probably, I mean, I... Mean, I there's a lot. I could list about six teams that I think belong ahead of them. So uh, one of them at number six is UC Irvine. The Eaters, yeah, moving on up. At number five, Indiana State. The, the trees. trees, yeah, like them at number too. four. How about Buckyball? Up to I think four. this is an all-time high ranking for the Sam. I, I basketball think it team. is. Yeah, I, I don't think we we never ranked them before this year, did we? I don't know that they ever. Well, more than maybe an honorable mention now and then, but uh, yeah, it's official. Samford is better than Stanford. It's a uh, yeah, it, they in. are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> number three, Mickey State. State. Yeah, uh, the Cowboys up there at number two. This is where you need the drum Tigers. roll. Yeah. And number one, of course, we'll do the drum roll if I can find it. Here it is. Been up here for a while. There they are still, the Lopes, the number one under-the-radar team, according to Hoops HD, January 17th, 2024. Let's go to final yeah. thoughts. Stalika. Well, I'm actually going to be on a bit of a somber side right here. If we talk about Jeff Jones, the head coach at Old Dominion, mm. if you'll recall, he had to uh, step aside during the uh, Diamond Head Invitational because of a heart condition, and now he's going to be stepping aside for the remainder of the season. Not sure what his... Future is going to be with the Monarchs, but best wishes to uh, Jeff Jones, his family, and the Old Dominion community. Yeah, absolutely. Our, our, thank you for mentioning that. Yes, definitely our best wishes to him and uh, and hope that he can get, hopefully get back to coaching at some point here as well. Uh, Greg, so you want to finish off the show? Yeah, more so than than most years that I can remember, and maybe it's always this way and I just don't remember it. There there are some really, really good, really strong under the radar teams that could win games in the round of 64. And he, like get in, even whether they get inside the bubble or not, McNeese is, is amazingly good. Grand Canyon is one of the 40 best teams in the country on the court. Metrics aside on the court, I think they're that good. Um, Akron, who again is low in our poll is playing really well. And some of their losses were really competitive games to, to teams like Utah state. Um, it, it just seems like when you look at that entire top 10 list, even James Madison, who's fallen off a little bit, even some, a team like app state who already has a win against Auburn and who won at James Madison, there are a lot of good teams that, that are going to be making up the 12 and 13 and even down to the 14 line. You know, I have a really novel idea. I just thought of this. You know, it would be really neat if a network like ESPN took a lot of these teams yeah. and put aside a day like in early February on a Saturday and set matchups like right around now for who they play. You can let, 
McNeese play James Madison. You could let Grand Canyon play Samford or UC Irvine. Yeah. Or, oh my God! Yeah, maybe we call him like like Bracket Buster or something. Yeah, crazy like that. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't leave the house be. that day. I, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> that note, I do want to thank everyone for joining us. We'll be back as we mentioned tomorrow night. There's a bra- bracket rundown show, but on behalf of Mr. Griggs over there, Mr. Sleeka down there, and my cat has thankfully decided to leave me alone after about half a show. Uh, I'm Chad Sherwood. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you again real soon.